Episode 13 of season two. 13. 13. Lucky 13. Surprise. The unluckiest day. Uh, My name is Marley. My name is Jenna. And we're so excited to talk to you about this uh, epic episode today. I'm still wiping my tears. (laughs) I'm still wiping my tears. I can't hide my emotions any longer. Were you crying? Yes. I... I I was crying, and I wondered if that would happen. Like watching it beside you, while like in the like with the anticipation of not only the episode, obviously, but the anticipation of hearing what you have to say about it and what you have to say about all the different things that happened in this episode. I was like, will I still emotionally connect? The answer was one hundred percent. I connected on all levels. The holy trinity of Buffy was. Was in me. Was in the you The spirit today. moved in me. Yes. That's right. And 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 I wept. At the end, I, I just do. <laughs> it uh, It is a packed episode. Yes. There's so many things that happen. Yes. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to get into it. Oh, my God. And a birthday party. And you just threw me a birthday party. Um, I don't know how this happened, but, like, <laughs> I didn't know this episode was about at all, obviously. <laughs> And literally, I just planned a surprise Buffy-themed birthday party for oh. for G. I don't know how that happened, but I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I can't believe it, too. The only thing different about my party is that it didn't end with a massive blue demon named the Judge coming and ruining um, my life. Yeah, <laughs> true. We just had a nice party. <laughs> we just had a nice party, and no one was brooding. No one died uh, yeah. either, so <laughs> success. Okay, Marmar, what's the sitch? Tell me what's happening. Okay, <sighs> let us go through the episode. So we start off with Buffy dream sequence. Yes. So she's tossing and turning in bed, and then she has this weird dream. Yes. Uh, dreams are significant in this show. We've mm-hmm. seen, like, Giles having these weird dream mm-hmm. things. Like, so they're not to be taken lightly, I think. Totally. We've learned that they um, are more than just sort of your brain having a bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're potentially um, a doorway into your intuition. Yeah, sometimes prophetic. Yeah, sometimes uh, about reliving a tra- traumatic thing, mm-hmm. which has an impact on the future, too. Yeah. Oh. So this dream sequence had Drusilla alive yes. and in her demon face. Uh, Buffy goes to the bronze, sees Willow and a monkey. Yep. She sees Joyce. Joyce drops a, a plate and it shatters. And then Drusilla dusts Angel in the yes. dream. So... All these things significant oh. and fear, the, your darkest, deepest fear, which is Buffy's darkest fear, is um, Angel dying. Yeah. Angel 
getting dusted. And her not being able to protect him. Mm-hmm. Which I, I already love that so much. Mm-hmm. I already love this very, that this woman feels like she is the protector in the relationship. I could not identify with that more. <laughs> and it's just not something you see. You see women as protectors of children, mm. but you just don't see them as protectors of men and yes. and and of strong men. And it's just such a beautiful, wonderful, strong archetype. And they've been peppering this in because, like, in the What's My Line episodes, you know, you talked about Angel as the damsel and yeah. Buffy was saving him. So she has been trying to do this for a while, yeah. like, save him yeah. He because he is the object of... Yes, of the focus of of the of the big bads of Drusilla's spike. So he is wrapped up in this, and she is trying to protect him, but can't until until they are defeated. Like the danger is still there. Um, but she doesn't know this. She doesn't know Drusilla is alive, no. and that's why these dreams are freaking her out. So I mean, that's the cold open. Her weird dream, and then she goes to Angel's house. Uh, he's shirtless. We see a glimpse of the tattoo. I know. This is the first glimpse I've seen <laughs> since, <laughs> since season one, I think. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I was like, does it look the same? But it wasn't a close-up enough shot. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but it is. And don't worry, you're going to see it again. Okay, good. <laughs> I got to see that tat again. Um, you're going to get up close and personal, can I just say? Well. I don't think it's revealing too much. You're uh, going no, to. I mean... Yeah. They'll given, be more naked, yeah, Angel. Given how this episode ended, I think you can you can see into the future. I'll look forward to that. <laughs> so Buffy is like, I had this crazy dream. Um, Angel's like, it was just a dream. But then Buffy's like, no, I dreamed about the master. Rem- oh, love a throwback to the master. Yeah, like, and she's learning. Yes. She's to learning. Trust herself. Yes. Trust like no, this isn't just a dream because she also dreamed that she opened a office supply warehouse with Giles. <laughs> but she knew that one wasn't significant. That was just a a random dream. But yeah. she was like, no, there's something fucked up about this dream. Yeah. This is a real something. This is telling me something. Well, and there's this beautiful exchange of, I, I believe she goes to Angel wanting to be comforted. Mm-hmm. And so she goes and, and receives that comfort but she but what she also needs to do is convince them to take it seriously and mm-hmm. that happens yeah so she gets both things it feels like oftentimes when people are asking for comfort um the person who's doing the comforting wants to solve the problem and for the problem to go away mm. in this scene and with Giles too which we're about to see what we get is the exact right amount of comforting and the exact right amount of taking it seriously, mm-hmm. which is also an act of love. Believing someone taking them seriously, trusting our hero, mm-hmm. that our hero knows what she's talking about. Even though there's no tangible evidence, it is just a gut feeling. It is just a dream. Yeah, It's just such a powerful and wonderful thing Yes, that this community is healthy, is good, um, I don't know. I, I just love it so much. I, 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 I have to go off. I can't hide my emotions any longer. <laughs> I, you don't hide them. <laughs> so. <laughs> but thank you for that. Uh, so there's like cheesy music and they're making out and like he's shirtless. It's very steamy. They're starting to get steamy. Steamy. 
This is the music. This is the music for the rest of your life. Which you referenced last night at the party at some point. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know what music this is. I I I pick up on the music, the Drusilla music box theme. Yes. I pick up, but I haven't really identified like Angel Buffy theme. And that is that is true. Mm. They have finally found it. This is the episode where it is finally introduced. Cool. We've had the piano, the soft, mm. you know, candlelight music. Yes. But we haven't had, like, the theme. Mm-hmm. They've been searching and searching and searching, and here it is. It is revealed. It yeah. is in this episode. And we will bring play it, it back. for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll put a clip. <laughs> but you're dead right, Marmar. You, you put your finger on the Drusilla music box theme, and at the end of that episode, when she rises from the ashes mm. of the burned-down church and carries Spike um, over the threshold, if yes. you will— they transform the Drusilla theme into like a rock and roll, grungy, grungy music yes. box, and so they figured that one out. And this is the next phase cool. of these lovers yes. getting their theme. It's it's excellent. So they're like steaming it up, and Buffy's like, "I gotta go to school." Um, an awesome morning. <laughs> and then they do a little like a little little bedroom talk to each other. Like, Fuck. I like to see you before bedtime. This foreplay lasts, it's like 24 fucking hours. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the whole episode. They're sort of like bantering about this. And it's it's fun because it's coming off of the tale of bad eggs, yeah. which is also was they were like making out. So yep. they've sort of been building up to this like sexy time for, for a few episodes here. But this is all about their steamy foreplay. Yeah. Um, and so then Buffy does go to school, and then they're talking about how it's it's Buffy's birthday yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what is it? Is it November or is it December? I think, do you it's think November. Yeah, end of November. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, probably I'm sure someone knows her birthday, but we're deducing it's like the end of November here. Yeah. If you take it from the ep- from the show, like you yes. say in the text, <laughs> you don't know the actual day. Yes. But. But from the timeline, it's like end of November. We're saying it's just so hard for me to tell what year, what time of year it is totally. in this show. It's it doesn't um, compute with my brain and my experience of seasons <laughs> <laughs> at all. Uh, so then Buffy and Willow are having like girl talk about like doing it. I know <laughs> it's so cute. I know because um, Willow is so like innocent and naive she's like wow like because Buffy's like I think we're gonna do it and Willow's like oh <laughs> I know Buffy's like I'm pulling the trigger yeah and Willow's like I'm really happy for you and also wow yeah and she just has like big eyes like oh <laughs> it's so cute just because Willow is like developmentally just at a different stage like yeah. Buffy is like a, a woman like she's turning 17 she's like feels like you know she even mentioned she feels mature and you know she's ready mm-hmm. she's thinking about it but willow still dresses like a little girl mm-hmm. has like never even gone on a date like she's just I don't a, think she's even kissed someone i don't think so either yeah maybe like in grades grade yeah. two on the to Xander, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no willow's at the very beginning of this journey yes and buffy has been through this journey a few times yeah now, I think. she's had yeah. some boyfriends yeah. she's had some kisses um i don't know if buffy's like a virgin quote unquote or not like but but she certainly like feels like she's she's ready to do this with angel yeah um and then 
Buffy's like, well, why don't you go talk to Oz over there? Your new boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> and he looks so cute. I was like, oh, my God, I totally have a crush on Oz. Now. Oh, yeah. He's so confident and dreamy. Yeah. He's playing his guitar. He's just chilling. And I didn't know he was a senior. So this, they established he's a senior. Now you know. Um, now I know why I guess Willow doesn't know him as well because he's not in their grade. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, and Oz is so cute is what I read. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then they have a little like cute banter ask they sure do. It's so cute. Can you imagine if this is actually how interactions went in high school? Oh. People, just so much easier. The world would be a better place. Yeah. Like, they're just so casual. And he's like, I think I'm going to ask you out tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm kind of nervous about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. Like, instead of this weird thing where you pr- try not to, you pretend you're not, you know. But they just say it, and she's like, I'm going to say yes. It's so wonderfully vulnerable. It's so cute. Oh, they're perfect for each other. He is such a soft fellow. Like, he's he doesn't speak a lot. He's very quiet. Mm-hmm. He's pretty obtuse. But he's a soft and kind version of that kind yeah. of man. And, like, just is very honest, and he's yeah. not very afraid of looking stupid. No. Um, which is wonderful. And, and isn't it great that they make such a cool character be this emotionally mature. Yeah, and also want to go with Willow even though she looks like a fucking five-year-old. I know, but she's they speak the same language. Totally. Willow and Oz. They're so cute. Yeah, their brains their their brains dance mm-hmm. instead of their bodies. But you just always. Yeah, I, I mean, he's like so attractive. <laughs> uh, I love it. And so um, she asks him to go to... Buffy's surprise party. Will asks him out. Yeah. Kind of. Like, he asks her out, and then she asks him out. Yeah. It's awesome. To be her date at the party. Hey. Hey. Do you guys uh, have a gig tonight? Oh, no. Practice. See, our band's kind of moving towards this new sound where we suck, so practice. I think you guys sound good. Thanks. I bet you have a lot of groupies. It happens. I'm living groupie-free nowadays. I'm clean. Oh. I'm going to ask you to go out with me tomorrow night. And I'm kind of nervous about it, actually. It's interesting. Oh. Well, if it helps at all, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, it helps. It it creates a comfort zone. Do you want to go out with me tomorrow night? Oh, I can't! Uh, well, see, I like that you're unpredictable. Oh, it's just it's Buffy's birthday, and we're throwing our surprise party. It's okay. But you could come, if you want it. Well, I don't want to crash. No, it's fine. Well, you could be my date. All right, I'm in. I said date. So cute. Um, And then... Uh, we have, like, a little scene with, like, Giles at school. Like, they're chatting. Yeah. And Giles is like, to, you know, to, how are you? Tell me about your dream. Yep. Um, and he he's sort of taking it seriously, but not quite yet. He's like, well, we'll just sort of keep that on the back burner. Yeah. And we're also in this very public space in, like, the mm. sort of, like, hallway vestibule of the school with the vending machine. and Yeah. 
Xander's not really taking it seriously. Everyone's got to go to class. We can't talk about it in depth here. Yeah. But Buffy has to get it off her chest and sort of implore with Giles that they must take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then it's revealed, like, Giles is also in on the surprise party. It's so (laughs) cute. They all just, like, love Buffy and want to, like, celebrate her and do something nice for her. Um. And then we go over to the to the vamps, and <laughs> is this vampire, this nerd vampire, is his name Dilton? What's his Dalton. name? Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. I wrote, I kept writing Dilton. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton is the same name. Uh, so he's got some fun scenes in this episode of them bossing him around, like punching him and he's stuff. He's sort of like the Giles of the vampires, but he has no status. No. <laughs> And he kind of sucks. Like, he's not very good. Um, but, okay, so this is when it is revealed that Spike is fucked up. Yes. From this uh, incident. He is in a wheelchair and his face is all scarred burned. up and burned. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Spike in this episode is a bit diminished. Yeah. He's not his usual self. Yeah. I think. He's, We've sort of traded places. Yeah, Haven't we? Drusilla grew stronger, mm-hmm. is sort of at the expense of Spike's strength. Yeah. And it's, like, it's what he wanted, like, he, but you can just tell he's not, he doesn't, he feels fucked up about it. Absolutely. Yeah. But they're throwing her a party, or they're throwing some vampire party. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, revealed through the episode they're throwing this weird, the last party before judgment day basically yes is what they're planning it feels like drusilla is well again so Mm -hmm. we're having a coming out party for drusilla's Mm. reintroduction as being big baddie badtress big boss bitch yes uh yeah so they're like getting ready for this party i mean the setting is amazing i'm gonna go to a party at this vampire like candlelit i know flowers it's so gothic it's so victorian yes these like dark hall i mean it's a abandoned warehouse but they make it into like a dark ballroom yes and the colors are like red red deep blood red mahogany yeah black and oh it's wonderful her presents are these wooden boxes filled with body parts i know it's amazing (laughs) but drusilla is they established that she is fucked up in the head. Like that She is. The madness was is was never part of the illness. That's just who, who she, she is. is. Yeah. So she is strong and she she has all this status. She's powerful. But then she starts freaking out about the flowers and starts like ripping them apart. <laughs> so you're like, oh she's not okay. Like she is um erratic. Yes. She is like emotional and and it's scary now because she's so powerful. Yeah. Um, so it's freaky. And Spike is trying to like, calm her and corral her. But it's harder for him because he literally can't walk. No. Right now. No. So uh, uh, controlling her is, I don't know. It's a different game. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to see. It's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then it's been a night and um, it's Buffy's birthday. Yep. She's chatting with Joyce in the morning. Joyce is like, we're going to the mall for your birthday trip. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would have loved that when I was 17. I fucking love the mall. I worked at the mall. I lived at the mall. You did. You worked at the mall for many, many moons. Yeah, especially 17. I, yeah, I spent so much time at the mall. The mall was the mall was a beautiful place. Yes. The mall was the place to be. Yeah. 
Um, and I loved it there. So this would have been my ideal at 17, going to the mall. Um, but I, like, I wrote down Buffy is 17. I didn't, I guess I knew she was 16, but I didn't realize, she, like, this is her 17th birthday. We're She's saying it explicitly, too, yes. for, for, a, for a reason in this episode mm-hmm. that is to to confirm, to like, to talk about the sex that they're about to have, right? Yes. We're saying this is the age of this person. 17. Here are the stats. Yeah. Because when you're younger and you're dreaming about whatever, whatever you have pictured in your mind as being the penultimate pleasurable experience, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever it is, Mm -hmm. this is that moment for Buffy coming up at the end of this episode. So we need to establish kind of who she is now. Yep. You know? And 17 is like, is, is basically an adult. Like 17 is pretty old. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she's and she's making the decisions for herself. Oh yeah. That she wants to make. And that's within her right. Um, but this is a show where if you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds are watching it, mm-hmm. we're still let's just say it, we're still modeling a certain age. Yes. That's appropriate sure. or whatever. And everyone's gonna have their own thoughts and feelings about mm-hmm. that. But the show is saying Seventeen. This character is seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and we're flashing over to Miss Calendar. Now, this was a fucking mind blow I know. to me. There is this this very bizarre looking, tra- like, I wrote Transylvanian, man. I You aren't wrong. Romanian. But that's the same region. Gypsy yep. thing. Um, it was his accent was like, mm-hmm. well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and very bizarre looking. He looked like a Puritan man, like just like a peasant <laughs> man. <laughs> so weird. Uh, and like this is an amazing reveal. So Miss Calendar's talking to him and you don't really realize for a while, but this is her uncle mm-hmm. and she is of the Calderash people. Yep. Who are the gypsy tribe. Yep. That angel fucked up. Yes. Uh, and he... Uh, this is the tribe that gave him his soul so that yes. he could suffer eternally. Yes. <laughs> yes. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, this is a great reveal. Uh, how, this is amazing. Did they know this when they introduced Jenny Calendar? Like, yes, they must have. It's amazing. Like that she has been around for this whole time and had this secret. Yeah. And obviously... Obviously, she's conflicted. Mm-hmm. She is actually, like, into Giles for real. Mm-hmm. Like, she cares about the gang. She's hung out with Angel. But she's like, never mind. You know, no, my family duty. I'm going to do it. I I promise. Like, you're right. Like, you know. So this, like, family duty is conflicting her of what she has to do. Absolutely. She was planted in this school yes. to... Watch over Angel and make sure that the curse wreaked havoc on his humanity. Yeah, that he suffered forever. Yes. So that is... (laughs) She didn't imagine to get involved, I don't Mm -hmm. think. No, or to, like, fall in love, like, with Giles. like The surrogate father of the girl who... Angel is in love with and who is in love with Angel. Mm-hmm. Like, she is involved now. This is a very complicated web. Very complicated. <sighs> um, And it's, it's, 
it's just wild. So I don't know what she's going to do. Like, she's, yeah, she's, she, I don't know what she's going to do in the end. Like, she sort of is like, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for our family. I'm going to do it for our tribe. Like, how do you feel about this amazing question about redemption that this Mm. character reminds us of? Yeah. Um, cause he says something about, um, Vengeance demands the pain be eternal. Hmm. And you said, we've talked a lot about redemption and vengeance and justice mm-hmm. uh, in our lives because we're both interested in how those things work in the real world. Mm-hmm. And this show, one of the reasons it's so good is because I believe that it is one of the main motors of this show is to complicate, ask, answer, transform in kind of itself in the themes of justice and redemption and stuff? Like, how does this make you feel about Angel? Do you think redemption is possible? Do you think he should suffer eternally? Do you think he deserves a girlfriend? Do you think, like, what are his, what are the things he has rights to Hmm. after, like, being a murderous vampire, who he's not anymore, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he also is those things, right? Yep. I think it's this it's hard this show has um shown us angel only in kind of a sympathetic way you know what i mean we haven't literally seen him doing these awful things no we've heard about them we hear about sort of things he's done from about to drusilla we've heard that he did this to this tribe this girl but we haven't seen them i think it's hard to i think we have been molded to be very empathetic towards Angel 100%. this whole time. And it's a bit of a unreliable sort of um, uh, perspective because we've seen it through basically through Buffy's eyes. Um, this love story. He's obviously, he is obviously good. He helps. He is protecting Buffy. He's with the gang. Like he is good right now, but it, it's hard. I think it's hard to see the whole picture without actually seeing those those things he's done. Well, and isn't that essentially what this scene is about? Mm-hmm. They discuss exactly what you just said. Miss Calendar and Uncle yeah. discuss this exact thing. Mm-hmm. She says, he saved my life. Yeah. He's done good things. And 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 he says he killed our entire he til- he killed her entire family. He killed her entire community. Yeah. Like, these are the two signs of the coin. Yep. But, and it's complicated because he didn't have a soul. So was he, like, a person in control of actions? That is a question about vampires, right? Like, are they in control of their actions? Well, and this show is important to me because I believe it is asking us in the human world where there are no vampires, hmm. but there are tormented souls and where there are terribly, terribly hurt people who have caused harm. Like these are the, va- those are the vampires of the real world. Mm-hmm. What about their actions is excusable because of, or if it's not excusable, understandable about them. Mm-hmm. What are those things? It's it, where where is this gray 
area. Mm-hmm. When you talk about harm, the people who cause harm, and then we get back. It's just around and around we go. Yep. Is it is justice really possible? Is is vengeance? Um, is vengeance justice? Is suffering eternally the only way that you make amends for these hideous and heinous things? Yeah, do your good actions outweigh your bad actions? Is that even possible? Can we think about it like that? Is redemption even possible? It just blows my mind. Yes. We are talking about this in the same show that says, it's Angel. It gives me Max Wiggins. Like, we're, we're talking about this in the same show where we watch Buffy strut around in velvet pants. Like, it's yes. just amazing. It's a big, this is a very I mean, this is extremely thought-provoking, and it's still so relevant today. Yes. And also, well, maybe we'll talk about this in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. But it's also just so fucked up because Joss Whedon himself is 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 angel. <laughs> like it has Absolutely. done heinous and good things, you know. Well, and he we're at we're at the opposite side. Like we're in a different time with yes. Joss Whedon yes. because he was revered and now he's fallen and and been you know um someone who has caused massive harm to groups of people mm-hmm. um and and for a very very long time yes but he is the creator of this incredibly beautiful yeah where, and beloved show where we think ha- to think about these things where he's asking these questions these thoughtful mm-hmm. and Considered questions. Yes. Oh, Marmar. So um, complicated. Like, my brain and heart are exploding. I feel like I'm one with the universe, <laughs> with you in this closet right now. This moment, this moment, uh, it, like 2021, it, I can't hurt me now. We just had the most <laughs> amazing conversation. <laughs> wow. This is what it takes to heal from this pandemic. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Buffy. <laughs> also, Miss Calendar's name is Yada. Uh, yes. I think it's Yana. Oh, Yana. I think I he- it's Yana. Maybe I heard Yada because Yada is the name of a drag queen that I love <laughs> named Yada Sophia. Shout out. Uh, uh okay. So, <laughs> after this revelation, which, like, blew my mind, um, uh, <laughs> um, Miss Calendar is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find Buffy. The- Giles has arranged to meet Buffy at the library tonight so that he can, like, take her to her secret surprise party. Yes. Miss Calendar intervenes and is like, Buffy, come with me. What is she going to do with Buffy? Give her – I don't – I didn't know what the end game was because they got held up by this, like, truck in this alley. So I don't actually know what Miss Calendar was planning to do with Buffy. I think – I think this is a red herring. So we get this great scene where the uncle tells her, gives her this task, separate these two lovers. He he cannot, they cannot be together. Mm-hmm. And you see her accept this job. Mm-hmm. But we then cut to an errand that mm-hmm. Jenny has been sent upon to say, okay, Buffy, we're not meeting at the library. We're meeting somewhere else, somewhere closer to Giles's place. And we're meant to believe that it's part of this uncle's plan, but it actually just is a legitimate part of the surprise party plan. To go to the bronze. Yeah. Okay. I was like, but they're beside the bronze. Okay. Okay. This makes so much more sense to me now. I was like, Miss Calendar is trying to take her somewhere. But Marley. But she was actually trying to take her to the bronze. You fell in the trap that you're supposed to fall into. Yes. You are supposed to fall into that 
that red herring. Miss Calendar is it has turned she she's we can't she's trust gone. her anymore. I don't trust her. See? So it it worked. Yeah. And that's exactly the feeling you were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. But she was actually just doing a secret errand for, for the real. for the Scoobies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. Okay, amazing, amazing. <laughs> good information. It's all in the text. Also. <laughs> so they they like encounter this truck. Um they so Buffy goes to kick kick Dalton's ass and uh, these other vamps and gets in a big vampire fight over this box yep. that Dalton is like hauling around <laughs> uh, and smashes through the window at the bronze where the gang is all hiding like with their surprise party. <laughs> it's very funny to rent out a massive bar for like five people to have a party at, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I know. it's so stupid, but it's cute. Um, and then... Buffy does this vampire with a drumstick, which is cool. And I also feel like it's a callback to the uh, season one, like, pilot double parter. Yeah. When she kills Luke. And then she throws, like, a symbol, like, at his head and, like, decapitates him or something. Which, since we're on this thread, Mm -hmm. you introduced it, so I get to say it. Do you recognize the judge? Do you recognize this actor? No. Is it Luke? Luke? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. He's got so much prosthesis on. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? They probably just brought him back because he was so good. Yeah. He's a great little one-off. But but you're – you found it. You found the Easter egg. Yes. We're we're doing the same choreo in the same place where Luke gets killed. Yes. Gets dusted. And Mm -hmm. then we're reintroducing him. I mean, he's a totally different character. It has nothing to do with Luke. Amazing. But it's a beautiful meta – moment. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's awesome. I totally thought of that yeah. original fight. That's her like OG fight. Totally. Um in the bronze. Um and then Oz is like there cuz he's come <laughs> as Willow State and he's just like, "Uh, oh, okay. Did you Did- see that vampire?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Willow's like, "Oh yeah, well, there's these vampires, and it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to accept at first. Um, it can take some time to understand." And Oz is like, "No, actually, everything makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> I love it. I love this reaction. He just accepts." I was like, "Okay, Oz is in the in the gang now. Yeah, <laughs> this was his induction. Oh, I love it so much. It's so good." <laughs> I also feel like this is the moment you know. I mean, I think you know because Seth Green is famous that he's going to be a part of the show. But now you really know because he knows the secrets the secret. of the world that he's going to be sticking around. It's kind of awesome because they don't necessarily – they try not to let too many people in this secret club. But they – I think they all trust each other that to only tell people who need need to know. Yes. So no one's like mad that – that Oz is here and knows now. Like, yeah. he's just in the gang. And it couldn't be helped. Totally. It, it happened. Deus Ex Machina. Uh, um, Fates decided to snip the string mm-hmm. that dropped a vampire into Oz's life in front of us all. Yep. The initiation was out of our control. Yeah, what are you going to yes. do? Uh, like, lie about yeah. that? No. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. Uh, so then they have this box and they're like what were the vampires doing um and there there's this arm in the box that tries to strangle buffy uh so then they figure out or they talk about jazz knows and angel knows that it's this judge the judge yes who's this demon yes um 
who can suck the humanity, burn, it. burn the humanity out of you and can't be stopped and can't be killed. Yeah. And he was dismembered and his body parts placed all over the earth when, like, a while ago, so this is years ago. This is from the First Testament. So this is directly from Christianity when, when the wrath of God, the fear of God was kind of more popular Christian lore. Sure. Now it's, you know, forgiveness and um, understanding and redemption. And, but before it was burning in hell, smiting our sins. Yes. It was much more violent. Yes. So this is like a First Testament interpretation. Oh, wow. Um, of of a, a holy demon, a, a righteous demon. Do you think he was blue in the Bible? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. A blue man. He was probably dipped in like the river sticks by his toe. Oh, and, true. And turned blue. No, turned I don't know. Blue oh. and horny. I hope so. I hope he was blue. He just looks like a big bruise. <laughs> I know. It's like an interesting design. Um. So they're like, oh fuck, this is bad. This is really bad. Oh, Angel's like, I got to go to Asia on a cargo <laughs> ship. I on it, I kind of didn't really catch why he was doing this. He's bringing the arm to a faraway place to just, like, bury it or something. Yeah. Right? So okay. he knows that nothing can kill this thing. Yes. That it is one of the most, if not the most powerful thing that they've ever faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's aware of the judge because he's heard tell of it mm-hmm. when he was a vampire and since he used to hang with Drusilla and Spike in the olden days, mm-hmm. he knows that Drusilla has had, you know, ideas about bringing back the judge because she's just crazy enough to do it. Yeah. Which is something they say in the episode. Yes. So he is, I mean, if you'll notice, it's Miss Callender's idea. Oh, I didn't catch that. It's Miss Callender's idea. Interesting. To take the... Oh, to, yes. Okay, now I know because that made me also distrust her more. So I was like, she's trying to separate them. Yes. She's trying to separate Angel and Buffy. But she's smart because she's saying something that is right. Yes. We have to do something about this now. Mm-hmm. They learn later on when they hit the books that no weapon forged can kill him. Mm-hmm. That is a direct quote from Giles's research. So they have their books to corroborate the idea that he is invincible. Mm-hmm. So the only thing to do is to keep him from being assembled. So it makes this plan of Angel ferrying this arm Hopping off into ship. some distant land mm-hmm. more reasonable and less uh, like an overreaction and more like the only, the only reaction. The only option. But it is her idea. Interesting. Very interesting. Maybe they would have decided to fight it and confront it and face the consequences, but she suggests this thing. Mm-hmm. Angel knows it's a good idea. So we flash back to, like, Drusilla finding out that Dalton has lost this arm, <laughs> and she's so pissed. Um, she, like, crushes Dalton's glasses <laughs> under her red boot and, and like, puts her fingers, like, I'm going to scoop your eyes out or, like, eat them. <laughs> it's awesome. God, he is just, like, the lowest status vampire I've ever seen. <laughs> he is. He's our whipping boy. Yeah, and Spike's like, okay, let's just let him try and get it back first. Like, He's our only smart goon. We yeah. need one smart goon. Because everyone else is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just love seeing Drusilla be so powerful and wild. And this is her way, too. Her her little fingers and her beautiful manicure and yes. having her fits of hysteria. And her mouth acting is so interesting. Yeah. Like, it's so... I don't know. There's something about her mouth that's always very, like, weird and... Juliet Landau is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Like, with what she... She often has very few lines. She's got lots and lots of screen time. Mm-hmm. And she speaks in these beautifully poetic riddles. But if Drusilla's the only way... If Drusilla's dialogue is the only way that we move the story forward, it could be very confusing. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't speak in a way that is... Um, linear. She's totally abstract. Yeah. She speaks in poetry and metaphors and her, her language is from a different time. Yes. So she does things like growl and hiss and moan Good. and sing. And, yes. And so this actor has to do all these things and it to me I always buy it. Oh yeah. It's so good. I love watching her. <laughs> this is like a great episode for her. Like redemption kind of weird return yeah okay so then there's this very emotional yeah kind of like parting scene yes where angel gives her this ring i have something for you for your birthday i was gonna give it to you earlier but it's beautiful my people before i was changed they exchanged this as a sign of devotion Hands represent friendship. The crown represents loyalty. And the heart. You know. Wear it with the heart pointing towards you. It means you belong to somebody. I did have this ring mm-hmm. given to me by a special someone. I thought so. I was like, I feel like I've seen G with this ring before. Yes. I lost it working in a butcher shop. Um, <laughs> it got sliced and diced in a machine that cuts, that shaves your ham nice and nice and tiny. Yeah, you shouldn't wear rings No, definitely not. <laughs> My fingers were okay, but I lost you, that ring. Oh, damn. Well. And it was never replaced because... Times changed and that relationship ended, but yeah. I did have this ring. Okay, I thought, I thought so. Maybe I didn't <laughs> see you with it. Maybe I just, I don't know how I knew this. I was like, I feel like she had this fucking ring. I did. I had this ring. What is it called? A Clauda ring. Clauda. So it has hands for friendship, a crown for loyalty, and a heart for, you know. Love. Yeah, he's like, I, you know. Buffy, I. Uh, Love you. Buffy, I... <laughs> uh, Buffy, I have to use the washroom. Uh, I gotta go... Uh, oh, vampires attack. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this little emotional scene. Angel's like, oh, but haven't you had this thing where you really want to say you love someone and you're just so nervous because if they don't say it back, it's really fucked up. It's like a big deal. Yes. It's just as a big deal as when you become physically intimate with yes. someone. It's really hard it's very vulnerable. You have to be very vulnerable. Yeah. It's the first time you're doing something in your life. Yeah. You know, there is a first time for everything. Mm-hmm. It's an intense thing. It's a bridge you cross and 
And even if it's not the first time, just telling someone you love them totally. is so, it just can be so nerve-wracking. <laughs> For sure. Um, Because you're just scared they won't say it back to you. For these two characters, I think it's the first time. Oh. I think it's the first time for this, for this 200 and something year old vampire, too. Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, you can tell it's very difficult for yeah. him. Um, but vampires attack before he can say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have a little fight and then they, they get the box with the arm. Dalton is there. He gets the box with the arm and then Buffy and Angel are thrown in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, and then we're back to library club. They're, <laughs> they're all in the library figuring out, like, the judge, you know, Jaws is like, oh, the more I read about this judge, the more scared I am, basically. Uh, and this is where they say his touch can burn the humanity out of someone. Yes. So it's very freaky. It separates the wicked from the righteous mm-hmm. and burns the righteous. Yes. Which is probably something directly from the Old Testament. The Bible, yes. uh, But then made strange, right? Switched or inverted or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yep. Um, And then Drusilla and Spike are getting ready for this party. She's like, put the music on. More music. Look what I have for you, Docs. This is this is really cool music. This is like it's like grungy um, violin music, like very cool. It's, it's called Transylvanian concubines. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. It's it's. It's very 90s grunge, but also with, like, this classical twist. And it's all girl bands in this episode. Oh, cool. Awesome. And then or, um, Drusilla's doing, like, a weird dance like, yes. by herself. She is feeling herself. She's just in her element, like, being, like, a wacko. <laughs> it's so good. This was me last night. <laughs> I was feeling myself. True. I had all my presence and all my people. And you were doing a weird dance. I was worshipping my god, <laughs> the god of wine, <laughs> in my case. Bacchus. Yeah. Uh, and this is where, okay, Dalton comes with the arm and then they lock them all together. It's very cool because it makes like a, like a two, like a mummy totally casing, which is really awesome. And then the blue judge man comes out. <sighs> what do you think of this design of this demon? I think it's pretty silly, mm-hmm. but I think I need it to be. Sure. It's, there is too much real high stakes shit going on. Hmm. I need, when my eyes land on certain parts of this episode, it's hard for me to watch. Hmm. Like, it's hard for me to watch that separation of Angel and Buffy. I would weep and weep Hmm. about this relationship potentially ending when I was young. Hmm. Um, It was very upsetting to me. Uh, You imagine also all of the relationships in your life you do this thing where you put yourself in their shoes and you imagine your life becoming ruined. Well, and when you're so young, you may not be as used to these partings. 
it feels like the end of the world. Yes, yes. And then you have this show that tells you it's the end of the world. And mm. you're like, this makes perfect sense. This is a mirror of my feelings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So so looking at a blue face with horns, who's like semi-robotic. Like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Like, I'm happy that we stay in... It reminds me I'm in a comic book world. It reminds me that this is pretend. Mm-hmm. And that the real danger... Is the is the threat to Buffy and Angel's relationship? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could have articulated that when I was fucking fourteen watching sure. this. But now I'm like the design makes sense to me. I don't think it's necessarily amazing. Have we seen more nuanced demons in the past? We have. Mm-hmm. Also coming off of Bad Eggs, where we had little fucking like wiener tentacles coming out of an <laughs> egg. I think the judge is a step up. <laughs> True. Uh- I think he looks dumb, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, his power is very scary. He he does it to Dalton. Drusilla's like, do it. And he touches Dalton because he can smell the humanity. This is really interesting. This one reads. Yes. And he can smell it on Dr- uh, Drusilla and Spike that they have emotions. Yes. And uh, so he, he sucks the life out of. Dalton and he just burns up. It's very uh um Indiana Jones Raiders, you know, when they Which is again burn up at the end. From the first testament. Yes, and their their souls are judged yes. and burned and yeah. Uh and then Buffy and Angel, there's this plan in the library club. They're like, we're gonna go and and see and check out and make sure they don't have they don't know that all the boxes have been assembled. So they go to like do reconnaissance and they are up when they see the blue judge. Come they are out. too late. Yeah. So uh and then he smells them mm-hmm. up there. He's like <laughs> <laughs> And they get captured and they really almost die. They do. Uh it's amazing the blue judge is like, I'm gonna move as slow as possible to get Buffy. Uh, like, don't so don't rush. Slow. Don't rush the judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda gotta really milk that. But it gives Angel time to like kick down that TV tower <laughs> <laughs> that Spike loves. <laughs> Which is where he watches like recordings of Buffy fighting on <laughs> on BZRs. <laughs> That's his workstation. It's really funny. That's his recon tower. <laughs> Oh. It falls on the blue judge. It makes a hole in the floor. It makes a hole right down to the sewers. Perfect. And so they... Some luck at last. Yeah, they can jump through the hole and, like, escape out the sewers and then go... Uh, they end up in the graveyard and it's pouring rain. And then they're, like, run back to Angel's house. And this is a very steamy, amazing scene. Oh it's awesome steamy and cue the waterworks for me like i'm like it's so hot and i'm also crying like what is this what is this it's they're so in their feelings and sentimental and buffy's like i'm freezing angel's like here take my clothes she's like i'm cut you gotta look at it (laughs) and like you know like touching skin and they're you know and then this is they're both just so emotional, and she was like, "I, the thought of you leaving made me want to die, basically. And, and we just had a near-death experience. Yeah, they're so vulnerable. What do we have to lose? To lose, exactly. Like, why are we, why the pretense, why, you know, let us just be 
completely vulnerable. The final wall falls away. The yes. final barrier to their, you know, the ultimate connection falls away. Yep. And and they tell each other they love each other. Yes. And they just start making out. And Angel still is like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Buffy's like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Let's <laughs> like, do this. We both want to. There's nothing wrong here. But I think Angel just has the guilt. The, he just has the guilt forever. Uh-huh. And, and he shouldn't have happiness or pleasure. And, which they do a great job of subtly reminding us throughout the whole throughout the whole show, but this episode also, is that he's so much older. Yes. He has more power in the situation. So Buffy does need to be the one to, to give the final... Yeah, yes. Yes. I, I say yes. I want this. And she has said yes mm-hmm. in all the ways a person can say yes. In lots of other instances, and they still haven't made this choice. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the moment where it is finally the right time Mm -hmm. um, for for everyone to make this choice and have this moment and make love, make love, yes. And they do it. You almost went away today. Both did. I feel like I lost you. You're right, though. I can't be sure of it. I... You what? Whiteout, <laughs> which I always think is very funny in a show, <laughs> and then it comes back and they're naked under the covers, and then Angel's like, oh, and like I don't know why he just runs out in the rain. Like I don't, I don't really know why, but he's he's in pain and he runs outside and he's like, Bobby, it's <laughs> like screaming in pain. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck this is or if this is part of the curse or if this is because he boned a human <laughs> and um, it's incompatible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-huh. It is taking everything... It is taking everything in me and every everything on this earth not to just jump across this microphone and just tackle you and just <laughs> drag you downstairs and watch the next one. <laughs> Big reveals, huge. I mean, the plot, yeah, the the Miss Calendar thing is like really wild. It's huge. It's huge. Um, it changes everything, doesn't it? Yes. I think you think. I think you think. That we're only going to get backstory on Giles. 
Because we do. Mm -hmm. And we're like, will their relationship survive this? But his transgression, if you will, Mm -hmm. well, it sounds like he raised a demon that murdered people. So that's blood on Giles' hands for sure. You know, um, is that going to be the thing that makes this relationship impossible or that destroys the trust he has with his slayer or his position as a watcher? Like, it is life-changing, potentially. Mm-hmm. We th- I think we think that's going to be the only thing. Yeah. But it isn't. And what is revealed in this episode is that Miss Calendar's transgression may turn out to be will have even bigger consequences. Yeah, and it just it just reminds you that, like, everybody has their own motivations. Yes. That people aren't just throwaway characters to to serve it kind of one purpose in the show, which is excellent. It's the, you know. Excellent writing. And it's the, it's the hallmark of a good show. Yes. This is how it happens. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a deeply, deeply complicated web. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. (laughs) Okay. Before I burst into flame myself and the humanity is burned out of me, (laughs) please talk to me about the fashion. (laughs) Fashion. (laughs) Let's start at the top. Buffy dream silk pajamas. I I would say like a dove gray. Yes. It's a very weird color for pajamas. I don't think, maybe this is just, I don't think I've seen this kind of like dove gray silk pajama. No. Except on like a TV. It's new. Uh, It's new and it's also new to this world. Yes. It's. It's lovely. They look fucking comfortable. Can I just say like mother like daughter? We know oh, that Joyce loves a silk pajama. They just go to the mall and buy silk pajamas I think to so. lounge around in. Birthday, I love it. Birthday Eve PJs. Yes. They love pajamas in in the Cali. summers. <laughs> they sure do. And robes and their like lounge evening wear. <laughs> this is where I belong. Yet another sign. That this is where I truly belong. I think you are just influenced by, like, (laughs) everyone needs 50 sets of pajamas. Chicken or egg, Marmar. Chicken or egg. (laughs) And then Willow, when Buffy's at school talking to her, and and then when Willow goes to talk to Oz, um, Willow has this bucket hat on. Or it's like, I think it's a bucket hat. I can't tell. It might be felty as well, Mm -hmm. like her other hat. Or, or like a wool, like a... I think that's it. Yeah, like a wool material, and it's bright purple, like <laughs> jewel tone purple, and then like the brim is like flipped up, like, weep! Like, <laughs> she looks so young, and she's so cute, it's so amazing, Oz still wants to date her when she's wearing this fucking hat, it's so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> he must see the soul inside. He sure does. <laughs> that hat is on the most beautiful brain he's ever seen. I know. He must be like, well, she's got to ditch the kindergarten clothing one day. You'll see. And he did see her in Hot Girl Willow. Yeah. So, you know, she can ditch the hat if she wants to. It'll happen. Give her time. Uh, I've given given her time, but, you know. Uh, And then speaking of Oz, he's wearing kind of classic Oz. He's got like a gray T-shirt and then like a button-up short sleeve, double short sleeve. Uh, over top, a huge sh- uh, button up, and it's polka dot. It's like dotted, like circle pattern. It looks great. He looks great. 
It's also like a shiny. Yeah. Lots of shiny material. They're both episode. odd. Um, yeah. Oz is more fashionable, like sure. 90s Well, he's a senior. Yes, and he's got huge pants on always, which is very fashionable. He's so, wearing a necklace. Mm, and he's got, does he have earrings? Yes. I think so, yeah. He looks so cute. Uh, so I feel like he's more trendy, fashionable than, than Willow is, but in a band kind of grungy way. Totally. Cordelia's outfit is very clueless. It's a white turtleneck with a plaid jacket over top. It's very preppy. It looks great. And this is when, um, we didn't talk about this, but when Xander kind of asks her to like be his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and go to the bronze with him as dates, like, and be open. And she's like, ugh, no, like, you have nothing to lose. Harsh. It is harsh. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Yes. It's it's harsh. It is harsh. But it's not out of no. the realm of how they talk to each other. No. But it is, it's sad because Xander tried to sort of take it to a different place. Yeah. And Cordelia didn't want to. Yeah. But it is weird because Cordelia still goes to this party and still, like, wants to be in the gang. Like, she doesn't have to. She's making chips and tip. A great example why of someone's actions speaking a different truth than their words. Because she didn't... To me. She doesn't have to go or be part of the gang, but she is. So. Which is why Xander asks this question, because he feels like maybe it's a safe question to ask mm-hmm. because the, her behavior and her actions are giving him a different feeling about maybe where their relationship is at mm-hmm. and she says no you're wrong that's not how I feel yeah it's confusing, it is confusing. this is quintessential mixed messages yes uh so we'll see what happens to them <laughs> <laughs> Drusilla's outfits are lovely in this Aren't episode they? so sh- the first one she has is like this red lace top bodice yeah it, it is a bodice it because is. it's sort of pointed um, at the bottom, and then and then I didn't see the red shoes until she stomped on Dalton's glasses. But she's got like red, pointy, like silky shoes Satin. on. Yeah, satiny and like a, a dark red skirt. Yeah. So she's sort of transformed. In all the previous episodes, she's been in this like white nighty, and then she was in this black gown for her like rebirth, and now she's in like red. Drusilla. She's got her blood back, baby. Yes. Drusilla has her groove back. So she's all in, like, reds for this outfit. It's amazing. It's so Ophelia. Oh. This is Ophelia. Yes. The, the, the being upset about the flowers is a direct mm-hmm. Ophelian reference. Ripping apart all the flowers. That's exactly the scene after Hamlet kills her father. When she comes in with flowers and is very upset. This is the exact thing. Yes. There's tons of Ophelia references in Drusilla, the madness. And wh- singing. And why is she mad? Because someone killed her family. Mm-hmm. And and now we pretend like it's totally normal and totally fine. Yeah. That like it's Ophelia. Yeah. There's so many re- like awesome. an angel and an even angel's fashion, which this is the perfect category to talk about it in. Angel two is from that time. Mm-hmm. Is he's from a different time? He's he's Lord Byron. He also is a bit Hamlety because he's very broody and and 
upset and, you know, has all this tragedy. Yeah. And be like, I should suffer. Mm-hmm. Suffering is 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 being human. Yes. Absolutely. And and Lord Byron is who, I've said this a little bit before, but Lord Byron is who I believe they're loosely basing Angel off of. Mm-hmm. Because Lord Byron was one of the first, or the first in Western culture, in European pop culture of the time, he's the first celebrity. Mm. He's the first bad boy, tortured, brooding hero. Yeah, that women were throwing themselves at him. Absolutely. And, yes. And and Lord Byron was also later seen to be vampiric and mm. gothic. And the pictures of Lord Byron that are painted now are are what Angel looks like in the show. Pale. And always open shirt. And, always and showing hairless. man cleavage. Yes. yes. Yeah, totally. So it's just it's just like packed full of like this nineties show is packed full of other time periods and they just make it work so well. So well. It's excellent. Buffy has, I think it's for her birthday day. It's like a velvety shirt. Um, it's like blue green, mm-hmm. her velvety shirt. And then she's got these green pants that she has worn before. She wore it in a hideous combo. A when she said goodbye to Kendra. Yeah, yeah. With like a brown leather jacket. <laughs> but this looks better because at least it's sort of in the green blue category. Although I still don't like them. Green velvet pants are just no no. Well, but she could only go up from from that outfit, which mm-hmm. was very down. But I I also agree, it's not amazing. And it's like top to toe velvet. It's just a little. It's just too much. But she always carries it off with confidence, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Uh, Cordelia at the bronze looks so cute. She's got it's such a classic '90s top. It's like a halter with that little cross. Right at the top and thin strap around the neck. Lovely. It's like a choker built into your dress. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. And then her hair is in like little twists with like kind of spiky bits and like clips. They might be butterfly clips, but I couldn't really see. But just at least clips with little spiky half up, kind of half down. Oh, love She's it. She's so amazing in that scene. She looks great. I know. <laughs> She's like, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, we're having this, like, huge, like, dismal, like, Romeo and Juliet, we cannot be together, this is it, this is our final moments together, and her being like, anyone gonna have cake? (laughs) She just does not care. (laughs) It's amazing. I love her. Uh, Buffy's, another Buffy dream, she has, like, Drusilla's, like, white nighty on. It's not the exact one, but it's it's a white nighty like hers, like damselly Victorian lady. You are so right. It, you are so right. Yeah, it's just it's they've like switched positions almost. Like yeah, it, it's really interesting, but but she has she has that on that outfit in her one of her dreams. And then Drusilla's party outfit is a long red, like shiny dress with a like a tule, um, like wrap red wrap thing. <laughs> is it kind of like a cape? It. Uh, I thought it was sort of like a piece of shawl? like sheer shawl yeah. thing <laughs> for dancing. Yeah, and, but she like waves around. Very good for dancing, but uh, waves around and like <laughs> in her weird dance. She looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so like thin and gaunt and mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And then 
Uh, Buffy's like end outfit after she's gotten wet and changed is like this cream cardi um, and the giraffe pants that yeah. she's worn before also. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're giraffe print. They're just weird brown checky kind of print. I think they're totally giraffe They re-giraffe It looks to me. like cracked clay. Yes. Or like, or like a giraffe spot. I think it is a giraffe, but man, giraffe pants. That's just, I, it's. It's amazing. It's wild. <laughs> I think this shirt helps the pants. Yes, because it matches. She was wearing something fucking weird with them before. Oh, yeah. Too much she's... pattern on pattern on pattern. Yeah. And this is like a nude. We're suggesting maybe a bit of a naked mm. theme here with this nude top. I really love, this is for the gram, but the purple suit jacket that Oz is oh, wearing at the party yes. is so insane it's shiny (laughs) there's so many shiny things but what does that say like the storytelling of that moment oz this is his first organized hangout (laughs) with his new friends yeah he dressed up and he matched willow's hat (laughs) color Uh, it's the exact same color as her stupid hat like come on it's so cute it's so cute Mm -hmm. Things I will, I will, there are things I will not tolerate. I will not tolerate. I don't know. Like, uh, Joss Whedon is, I don't know much about him. And, and this is sort of, we sort of brought it up in the episode about redemption. He is a, a revealed abuser. Bully. Bully. Massive bully. He's done all the fucking classic Hollywood men things of, of, of talking about women's weight, of abusing them in many different ways. Threatening them with the the loss of their job. Yes. Uh, And it's upsetting because this episode asks all those questions and this show is so great and forward-thinking and very, like, sensitive and emotional and is, like, asking these questions of the audience and we really think about what it means to do bad things and like how long does that follow you and what can you do to redeem Mm -hmm. can you redeem yourself Mm -hmm. so it is it's just wild that he wrote these things and then fucking did them Mm -hmm. with no i don't know how did impunity how did he not know that he was how did he not know that he was writing a show about like himself (laughs) like kind of you know I have no idea. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I mean, this was a show. This was twenty five years ago. Mm, yeah. So this was at the relative the relative beginning of his um, super superstardom. You know, he'd been working in Hollywood for a long time before yeah. this time as super nerd writer mm, guy. Mm-hmm. But this show was the beginning. His first real shooting star into the upper echelons of Hollywood, and. Then he has 25 years of bullying and creating really unhealthy cliques and destroying relationships and probably people's careers, mm-hmm. um, many of whom have spoken out now. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think about the nature of power and the inevitability of this kind of behavior when this much power when one person has this much power and that hollywood is structured to do this yes that like 
the system is is designed to do this to people, which is why we see it in every single person of power or show or whatever in Hollywood movie that it's just designed to the systemic problem is that it's very difficult for people individuals to to go against that when the entire system is designed to do that to to everyone I don't want to say we're powerless because mm-hmm. we're not and this yeah. is the um this is the job of our time and I believe every person thinks that this is the job of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this is why I believe this show is so important to watch now. Yeah. Because I don't think you solve this problem or this series of problems by not contemplating it or by believing that there is such thing as a perfect person. And I don't believe you solve this problem by excusing people's behaviors too quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that either. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe that there's going to be different answers from wherever you sit on this, whatever your human experience, you are going to have a different answer to this question. Mm -hmm. It's just a tremendously good example. And it's fucking fortuitous. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. So it's huge. It's heavy. It has a whole new layer on top of it. Since his, since, you know, the creator and writer of this show, of this world, really, mm-hmm. modern world, like, he does not get credit for creating vampires. Yes. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are cultures all over the world that are trying to discuss this through the metaphor of vampires. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get that. No. But he did create this this world that we're watching. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about it at some point, you know? Yeah. And we're going to keep talking about it as the show progresses. We just we have to and just grapple with what that means. Yeah. And I think investing in these characters is, uh, it's a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's an important part of my life. And it's an integrated part of my life. Mm-hmm. It might be easier for some people to dismiss Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's totally fine for them. You know, don't watch it. Uh, It makes perfect sense to me why you wouldn't want to. Mm -hmm. However, that's not possible for me. Yeah. This uh, this show has been as important to me as a sibling, as a piece of literature. It is in my life in ways that are inextricable. So this is my job now. This is the thing that I am tasked with, mm-hmm. which is to investigate these complicated feelings that um, come up when a creator of a show um, is exposed and revealed to be a very, very bad man. Well, and unfortunately, um, if you consume any media or pop culture, something you like, it was made by someone who's fucked up. Yeah. Um, so you just literally cannot, you cannot escape it. So like, you know, we can, it's easy to say, just don't consume these things made by, by monsters, but everything, everything is. Well, and that's a thing. That's not a, to excuse it. Of course. But just to know that like, we cannot escape it. No. So we have to, grapple with it in other ways and talk about how to 
how to dismantle that, like, which is very complicated and difficult. Yeah. And, but, but it's important, like, yeah, because we just consume that all day, every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these, these people, it wouldn't be such an issue if celebrity, if, if the worship and the pet and the pedestal that they're all on and the wealth and the power that they have wasn't so great, it would be different. Yeah. Because we would be more able to maneuver around the ideas of the creators of these shows being fallible. It's much more difficult. Yes. Because we're literally talking about the gods of our time. I know. <laughs> like the superhumans of our time. And them being and them falling from grace. Mm-hmm. If ever they were ever in grace. Which is a tale as old as time. Yes. Ah! It is. <laughs> okay. Uh what was your favorite line okay, from I, the episode? I, I, I can't, like, I, I really can't choose. <laughs> everything is too, everything is too good. Um, But I really love when Buffy and Willow are talking about, you know, Buffy's revealing that she's been thinking for a long time about having the sex mm-hmm. with the demon <laughs> that I love with Angel. And she says... It's, I think it's in response to Willow saying he's a senior. Yeah. And then Buffy says, you think he's too old because he's a senior? My boyfriend just had a bicentennial. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Remind me how old he is. Remind me how much older he is than you. Mm -hmm. You need to know this before you go into this relationship. And over and over again, we know that Buffy knows how much older he is. We know that she understands that. Yep. As best she can. And they thought about, you know, and yeah. experience, they've been thinking about it for a long time. And, yep. That's it. That's and it. then I love when uncle of the Kaldarashi people comes and says, vengeance demands pain be eternal. Mm. Because I'm, I'm just like, holy shit. Holy shit. That is a fucking long time. Yeah. Eternal. And eternity. vengeance. He doesn't want justice. Vengeance. He doesn't want redemption. He just wants vengeance. And why? Because it is the antidote for his pain. Eternal suffering. Like it's just because he is, because he suffers eternally and his people suffer eternally. Like it's just, I don't know. It blows my fucking mind. It's hell, hellfire. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Mine is when they're talking about, they find out the crew Library Club finds out about the judge. They're reading about him and that his touch will burn the humanity out of you. Oh. And Xander goes, well, what's the big deal? We'll, we'll just send in Cordy to fight and we'll all go for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Such a burn. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, Marmar. Okay. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. You know where to find us. We've spoken enough. We just need to go and have a lie down. (laughs) Arg. Gur. Gur. Arg.